It's 11.02, time for the Duke of Pipso. It's 11.02 Central Standard Time, and welcome to the Duke of Pipso podcast, coming to you live from Baker's Crust Artisan Kitchen at 11800 West Broad Street, Suite 1102 in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Matt. And I'm Martin. And now, at Baker's Crust Artisan Kitchen, our guiding principles are great impressions, generous service, and good times. Were those guiding principles capitalized? Yes. I could tell by your pronunciation. they're, they're They're like phrases, I think. But my question is, when they read the address to people, do you, do you think they say Suite 1102 or Suite 1102? 1102 sounds more welcoming. I think it flows better. I agree. Yeah. I think... You know, and, if I, if and I was they, going to a, like a pest repair place, I might say Suite 1102. Pest repair? Yeah, you know, like, if you have mice, but they're injured or broken. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah my cockroaches are, yeah, my cockroaches are hard of hearing. Can you, can you help them? Can you repair them? Uh, we'll give it a I shot. I don't know if they do that kind of work. Could, I mean, do Oop, cockroaches they'll actually try it. hear? They'll try okay. it. They'll charge you. Yeah. So, what do they serve here? Bread? Oh. Yeah, anything you can bake. Oh, okay. Wake and bake. um, You know, the baker chase. Can I just get crust? The baker and the pastry maker are in the closet. What are they doing? Yeah, crust. You can get crust there. You know. Yeah, well, it sounds great. That's a good idea. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make a restaurant of... Only crusts, crust sandwiches instead of crustless. I'm going to just take the world and turn it upside down. Don't go crazy and start putting stuff inside the crust, though. That's all those pizza companies lost their way. Uh, Like, how can Papa John's make their pizza look even more processed? Like, well, let's, okay, I've got a good idea. Let's put ricotta cheese inside the crust. What if you made a layer so of the crust that was cheese on the outside and the crust on the inside? That's probably, they have people working for them that probably come up with those sort of ideas. Uh, Lou Malnati's makes a, a, a pizza, like a, either like keto or something pizza where the, the crust is just caramelized cheese. No. No, I know. It's, it's too much. I mean, it may be better than like the cauliflower crust. Oh yeah, but either just don't get pizza then. No, get the That's cauliflower wings. That's you and I. One day you and I are going to get those, and then we'll know it's time for us to leave the planet. Yeah, I hope forever. that doesn't come very soon. Me too. Well, Matt, hold on one second. Yeah, I think our friend Mar Matt wanted to check in here. Oh. And uh, he also sent me, he wants, he has an intro song now. Do you know that? No. Yeah, well, he sent me this. They say home is where the heart is. 
Afternoon, wow. Marty and Matt. I say that because it's 4.02 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time here. I trust that you both enjoyed Martin Luther King Jr. Day yesterday. Last night I was laying awake in bed thinking about how it's really too bad that you only get to celebrate having a king for one day a year. That seems like a bit of a cock-up, although I'm chuffed to bits knowing how much both of you love and respect black British civil rights activists like Dame Jocelyn Barrow, and Darkus Howe. Oh, well, Marmat, did you say chuffed to bits? Uh, It made perfect sense to me. Maybe you don't understand British. Well, you know, Marmat, one of my favorite Martin Luther King Jr. quotes is, peace is not merely a distant goal that we seek, but a means by which we arrive at that goal. But I, you know, I have to admit, I just, I don't know a whole lot about the British civil rights movement. And, and I, I kind of feel, kind of feel dumb. Look, Matt, since you're one of Martin's best mates, I know I have to give you the benefit of the doubt. However, sometimes I think you deserve bugger all. Your xenophobic behavior really takes the biscuit, and if Martin hadn't assured me otherwise it would be so easy to dismiss you as yet another daft American wanker. Oh my gosh. Martin? I, I can't help you here. Well, Marmat, I mean, I, 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 you'd, you'd, you'd seem more like a real person every time I talk to you. I'm, I guess I'm sorry? Gentlemen, this podcast is a shambles and I think I fancy a nap. And I said nap, not to be confused with nappy of course, which it sounds like was when Matt was still pleasant. When he was still in his nappies and couldn't open his bloody mouth to speak yet. Blimey do I wish you would sod off you tosser. Belt up. Matt, what did you do? What? I... This I is our. This is one of our main guests for the whole season, and it sounds like he wants to kill you, Marmat. I wait. Why I am I apologizing gone. to him? Or why? Have the, it's not even a he. Why am I gendering this chat? This what is this, Mark? Look, I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like this is getting to be too much with Marmat a little bit. Okay, all right. Maybe we should just move on. Fair enough. Um, Many of you may have noticed that it's pretty cold outside. Have you noticed that, Matt? Yes. Uh, It's called the Polar Vortex. And I know exactly what you're thinking, Matt. Cold, being cold is called the Polar Vortex? Maybe. Um, But it's, it's leading up to this larger question, which is, why is it so cold outside if there's global warming? known as climate change. Okay. Great question, Matt. Are you asking me? Yes. Uh yeah, well, uh because the weather is is like bad, it's screwed up, the planet is dying, and now we just get extreme weather. Yes. Actually, Matt, what you're saying is correct. It's called climate change. Because the extremes in the climate are more than they've been recently or for a long time. And did you know that we're going to see more of the polar vortex because of climate change? Uh, It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I guess my point here, Matt, is for those people who might say, 
I like global warming. No more winter, right? Yeah. You're sort of getting punched in the face on here. But Me? there's a lot. No, the skeptics. Oh. You know, there's a larger issue that more directly affects me, which is why I'm bringing this up. Okay. Um, as you may know, we recently, well, it's actually not that recently, but we got an, an awesome minivan not too long ago. Yes. Right. And we've been trying as much as possible to keep it clean and whatnot, which for me is not that easy. No, it isn't. No, I can t- I can v- vouch for that. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, one of the things we've been trying to do is bring stuff up out of the car, but it's always good to have a couple, like, you know, Diet Cokes or Gatorades in there just in case you get thirsty or for road Uh-oh. trips or whatever, right? Go. What? Uh-huh. Okay. You made the classic... The classic mistake, I'm sure, is where you're going with this. So, um, just recently, probably two or three days ago, we had a bunch of stuff in the car. I went to the store and got a bunch of stuff, and I brought up all the the drinks and whatnot. And then I was driving around yesterday. Um, unfortunately, I didn't want to be gone at all, but I was driving around yesterday, and... I heard the loudest, like, it's like a popping noise. Not quite like a tire blowout, but similar. Right? Yes. And I was like, that's really weird. But the car seemed fine. Nothing. I couldn't tell anything that was going on. So I get back and I'm like, I know what this is. So I open up. It's uh, the back hatch. I open it up. Yep. And it looks like on the inside, and Matt, I think you should be able to see pictures I, of this right I'm now. I'm looking at them right now. It looks like in the back, almost like insulation foam. It's that color. It's like pink, sort yes. of orange, um, insulation foam, that j- foam type substance that just exploded all over the back. Um, it is obviously some seltzers flavored seltzers that exploded yeah it looks um, like elmo threw up on the in the back of your car yes that's entirely true um there is if you can see it in one of the pictures there's a can that you can see yep that is totally split open <laughs> all the way down from the top to the bottom and on the inside again it just is that insulation foam Type yeah, thing. cotton candy also cotton is what it candy. looks like. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that happens. So, for those people that are out there saying, like, you know, I look forward to climate change. We live in cold climates. Um, it's not going to affect me. It's my grandchildren, whatever. They can deal with it. This is affecting people now every day in ways that most people can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, people, it's funny because people here in Virginia will be like, you know, uh, you can't leave that in your car. It's going to freeze because, you know, it's going to get down to 32 tonight or or, or 29. Like, you can't, all that stuff in your car is going to freeze. I'm like, it's not going to freeze. It's inside the car. 
okay, it's got to get real cold, real cold for anything inside your car to actually freeze solid. But evidently you crossed that threshold. I'm not sure. I would be a little, I think probably once you get below minus 20, you should not leave stuff in your car. But that's correct. I've left stuff in my car in the teens for sure, and it's been fine. Right, right. You know, you maybe will get a, it'll freeze, but it certainly won't explode. And sort of like a orange fire extinguisher went off in the back of your car. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Now, I, in this picture, I can also see there's a like a a dustbuster. Yes. You know, like a handheld vacuum. Yes. Now, I know the Honda Odyssey minivans come with a built-in vacuum system. Does yours have that? No. Ours oh, does womp, not. Womp, But. Should have gone with Honda. They're, they were not available in all-wheel drive. Yeah, true. So, that's a real deal breaker. Right. Um, something else a little bit interesting since you brought this up. Uh, cotton candy. Yes. Right? Um, my father used to get cotton candy when we'd go out, and he'd eat it in a way that I think is somewhat unusual. Okay. So he, he would, would smash take, it up. He would smash it up into the tiniest ball possible and just uh-huh. eat that. Okay. Is that a normal way to do it? No, uh, right? If you're like five years old, it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it's, uh, I mean, knowing your dad, which I don't really know him, uh, he probably is like, how do I minimize the amount of effort that it will take for me to eat this? Because I'm just, I would rather be using that energy to be running or walking somewhere. So he's like, rather than spend all this time chewing and moving my hand around and licking and stuff, he's like, I'm just going to mash it all into one golf ball size thing and just take that like a magic pill. It's definitely more efficient. Yeah. So good point. Good point. I realize, Matt, we went a little bit out of order here. Yes. Um, Which is fine. Yeah. I think people realize that we're creatures of routine but hopefully they'll give us some grace here so wanted to share a little story with you okay um this is something you may not know about me matt oh i can't wait um and then this is going way back and i think this explains quite a bit so when i was five i got real sick almost died was in the hospital for two weeks yes and while in there, I realized quickly that if I asked my parents for something, they would just get it for me, right? Okay. So I got, it was it was 1982. I just figured that out by looking up this item. So in the early 80s, video games started to come out. And that was the first time they also came out with like that sort of, first generation handheld video games they were large they were like the size of an ipad and the one i had was called dracula wow and it was a little like vampire that you'd move around and you'd bite people to move on to the levels but the vamp if the vampire killers got you you were toast right 
So I played that a lot because there wasn't much else to do. And also in the interim, the nurses would come in when they were on breaks and they would play it too. I always won. I don't think they let me win, but they might have. I'm not wow. sure. But I won. But the nurses wouldn't let you win? No, they well, I think I just beat them naturally. But either way I won. So I'm not sure. Okay. Like <laughs> you beat them naturally. <laughs> I was pretty good at it and I played it a lot and you know, they had no real video game training. I'm right. looking. I'm looking at Google images of this vintage 1982. Yeah, e- it's red. Epoch. Epoch. Yes. 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 Epoch's Dracula. Wow. Yep. It was awesome, and it's big. It looks big. It is big. Um, I can't really see that. There isn't a picture of it with like a banana next to it, so I can't see how big it is. It's bigger than a banana. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, So I think this explains a couple of my loves. One, even early on, I was in video games. And two, just reinforces my lifelong belief as nurses as the number one first responders. Amen. Yes. And I would recommend, I'll try to put this, well, just, just look it up if you have the time. The Dracula video game. Yeah. It's a pretty classic 1982 uh, piece of history. It looks like the screen is like a magnifying glass and like of like what presumably is a tiny screen inside of it. It looks crazy. It is. That's a way back then they could make the screens look bigger than they actually were. That must have been like this. My memory of video games at that time was like, you know, Atari and Intellivision and ColecoVision and all that stuff. This looks like it must have been maybe the coolest thing you could have. Like, I didn't even know these existed. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you for taking advantage of, you know, never let a tragedy go to waste, as Rahm Emanuel used to say. Yes. Yes. And he doesn't live in the United States anymore, pretty much. No. That's neither here nor there. But, yeah, it's a pretty classic game, and we've come a long way since then, but have we really? Wow. Well, so, that's very impressive. This this sort of makes me realize even more why, why you have this kind of you're hardwired for like gadgets and like new, the latest like technology, like the newest TVs and like all that stuff. And now, you know, now it's, there's, I have even more information to support my, my theories. So thanks. Thank you for telling us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, let's move on. So do you think the nurses let me win? Uh, I hope not. Me too. Me too. Yeah. That sends a bad lesson to kids. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I kind of feel like that's pouring it on a little too thick, even if you're a nurse. Yeah. You know? So, but I don't know. Maybe we maybe maybe there's nurses that listen to the show and they can let us know. I bet you I bet you eighty five percent would say they wouldn't let you win. So I would hope it would be ninety five percent. 
Yeah. Yeah. Basically 100% within the margin of error. Okay. Okay. Welcome back, math nerd. I forgot you were going to come to the show. I just Uh, got here late. Are you ready for 33? Yes. Okay, well, this is our favorite game, 33. I'm going to guess a number, and you need to guess it correctly. Okay. Uh, 33. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I will give first. Okay. The name of the game is 33. 33. Carrot Top. Uh, that's what my dad used to call me, uh, when I was a kid, because I had, so I had reddish hair, but I was not, I did not have like, did not have what most people would consider to be like red hair, but he called me Carrot Top. Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, okay, so... When I was also when I was a kid, my dad called me Jeff Foxworthy because I like to uh, I wore a mustache and I I pandered to people um, who, you know, about feeling sorry for themselves because, you know, the mainstream media doesn't take take them seriously. So I I pandered to them and their their ways, their country ways. So that was another nickname I had. Gargamel. Okay, so uh, Gargamel was my favorite uh, villain uh, because I did watch the Smurfs. And um, so, you know, being the contrarian that I am, I liked Gargamel and Azriel better than the Smurfs. And then it turned out that uh, one of my best friends uh, and is a lot like Gargamel. He looks like Gargamel and talks like him and acts like him. So, anyway. You know, a lot of people think that Gargamel was really the hero of that. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't you know. Right. I'm just saying it's like that musical Wicked or Maleficent right. or... right. Star Wars, the bad guy really is the good guy. You're spending too much time on Reddit. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I just found out about it, though. Okay. From who? Ron Cow. Like I said, you're spending too much time on Reddit. Okay. Via via him. Right. Okay. All right. The name of the game is 33, Martin. 33. Martin Luther King Jr., well, we just had a celebration of his life yesterday. Uh, I saw a little bit of a very long documentary about him on TV yesterday. And it covered the last three years of his life. And I think what I took away from it was that he was there was all he was always struggling, always fighting, and it was never over. And in some ways, the last part of his life was the hardest part of the struggle. And he also came to Chicago, and everyone was really racist. Martin Luther, uh, the founder of Lutheranism, um, 
did not get along well with the Catholic Church. They kicked him out. You know, and I think his big thing was he just wanted people to be able to read the Bible and understand it. He printed it in their own language, or he didn't, someone did, and people didn't like that. And, like, he was against corruption. St. Martin of Tours. He, um, I believe, is like the patron saint, maybe, of beggars or something. He did a lot. I don't know exactly. I don't know if I really believe in saints, but he he is one. Okay. Okay. All right. Good job. Yeah, I, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, your your name is Martin, too. That's correct. Maybe we could, it, maybe we could have a special fourth fourth category of 33 and it will always just be you that would be called Walter Payton because it's 34 oh yeah okay good all yeah. right we could try that I don't think people would like it I don't think people like 33 anyway so maybe they'd oh, like disagree. 34 I disagree okay all right I mean it's one of the only segments we've actually gotten a photo message about Okay. Okay. Good. I didn't know that. Well, I listen. You got it. You don't. Whatever. I don't know. For, yeah. You know. I. You know me. Um, Do I? This is the last part of the show, Martin, that we call hurrahs and huzzas. You know, this is how we end the show. Uh, one of us does the hurrah. The other does the huzzah. One is the good one. One is the bad one. Martin, why don't you get started with your hurrah this week? Oh. Uh, for my hurrah this week, we're going to Hawaii. Um, probably no one knows this that's listening. Maybe a couple people, but there was a golf tournament in Hawaii this weekend, the Sony Open. And the only reason that I even watched the end of it was because it was in between football games. And one of my associates, Matt Copy, also my attorney, texted me about it. So. It ended in a three-way tie after 72 holes, right? And there was this one guy that had been waiting. He had been leading, and there's other two people tied him, and they showed his wife and, like, his three-year-old son. And then it was this other foreigner, and then it was this guy that had a really great last day. Anyway, comes down to the last playoff hole, this one guy who – had a big comeback that day, made a 40-foot putt for a birdie. And then the guy they showed from the putting green talking to his little kid and his wife 10 minutes ago missed a four-foot putt after this guy hit a 40-footer to lose the tournament. Cost himself about a half a million dollars. So the rest of the story, the guy who won had gone through a series of, I would say, substance abuse and mental health issues over the past two years, almost was not going to be on the PGA Tour anymore because things had sort of got gotten out of control, had made a comeback and won, right? Yeah. And then this other guy, hopefully... This is really my hurrah to both of them individually. 
this guy came out afterwards and couldn't have been more gracious to the guy that won, even though he missed this four foot putt that he shouldn't have missed and sort of choked in a really tough, terrible way. Um, so why is this a hurrah, Matt? Well, I, you, you tell me it's shows that, you know, anybody can come back from anything. It's certainly possible. And then secondly, um, you know, there are, even if you don't win, even if you win in sort of the worst circumstance possible or don't win in the worst circumstance possible, which might've been this situation for that one guy, there's an opportunity to come back and do it again, except not lose the next time. So it's a little lesson in life from the world of golf, my friend. Oh man. Wow. Yep. I can't, you know, I never knew that someone could, could get so much inspiration from golf and what a, what a classic golf story. That's so long and ponderous that you have no idea what anyone's talking about. And they're like, how are they trying to make golf sound exciting, but they're really trying and good for you Thank you for being Thank inspired. You. The, the interesting part was the guy who was down and out, and then he came back. That yeah. was interesting. Yeah. You didn't you know like I love golf. Who, you, I know. You didn't like the guy who choked at the end. Well, you know, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I always win and come through in the end. Don't we all? Not. Um, so look, Martin. uh mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. That's so inspiring. True. But my huzzah this week goes to uh, football. This was the American football, by the way. This was this was super wild card weekend that we just had. Whoa! Wow! Was that? It was so super and exciting. Um, and I just want to say. Uh, it, I guess it was some, some of the games were so boring. I, you know, I don't really know what to say. I feel like football NFL in particular, and maybe even college now, you know, they're really pushing it. They're getting to the point where they, they hype everything up, everything that happens, no matter how dumb, no matter how much evidence there is of almost all the teams in the NFL being just thoroughly mediocre or just barely above mediocre. And then, then maybe there's one or two teams that are actually good. And I guess that's supposed, you know, I guess that's supposed to be how it is. The good teams go all the way, but boy, it sure seems like they've diluted everything about as much as you can while still pretending that what you're watching is amazing. The Super Bowl, the dumbest name ever, is a month, almost a month away. It's on February 11th. Uh, and we're already calling the first round of the playoffs the super wild card weekend. Uh, here's a quote that I saw that I thought was good about NFL officiating because now every game, how many, how many times per game, Martin, do, do you think they have to bring the announcer in whose only job is to explain the rules. Five. Yeah. 
I don't remember that. I remember the announcers seemed like they knew the rules. Now they're like, well, we don't know what happened, so we got to bring someone in who used to be a referee. And then half the time, that person, what they say, doesn't end up happening. Or they're just like, well, no, what you saw, that you didn't see that, because actually what happened is someone broke some rule. And uh, this was... The- <laughs> This is a quote that I, I read the other day. All anyone will be doing is arguing over whether the call was righteous or a needless piece of hair splitting and more evidence of the over-officiousness and yet inconsistency of NFL officiating, which has become so complicated that you practically need a Latin concordance to interpret it. I agree. I'm just this game is just not fun to watch anymore. Uh, no matter what you see on the field, you half the time you, you're told you didn't see that and that the rule that you didn't even know existed was broken. And let's face it, then I'll be done. The reason why none of the kids play in the bowl games anymore is because they don't want to get hurt. And then if they get hurt, they don't, won't even have a chance to play in the NFL. And the other night, They showed Matt Stafford get his body slammed down on the ground and his head bounced off the ground. And he made this crazy face like he was like probably screaming ouch or the F word or something like that. But it looked like he was seizing, like he was having involuntary like hand and neck and shaking movements with his body. And then Chris Collinsworth was like, oh, well, well, I don't know if I needed to see that. And it's like, what are we doing? What what is this crazy game turning into? They're losing me every week, Martin. Huzzah. Couple things so we'll move on. One, there are people that went to school and took out student loans and spent years of life studying the NFL rules. And if you take away this consultant job they have with the various sports networks, they're not trained in anything else, Matt. Okay. Yes. So fair enough. And then I guess, you know, lastly, it seems to me more and more you're turning. I saw this movie with Clint Eastwood the other day where he hates everything. He's super old and like he walks around. He's like, get off my lawn. You know what movie that is, Matt? The Mad Every which story. Way, every which way but loose. Right and turn, in that, Clyde. And in that movie, your character is played by a chimpanzee. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks, Martin. I'll, if you want to say I'm like Clint Eastwood, I'll take it. Uh, I hope everyone has a great week. See ya.